Hi, this is Anita from the Global Trade Gal or from the website Mindoro. At Mindoro, we create, develop, and manufacture home decor and home furnishing products. So I apologize if your main interest is not in home decor products, but a lot of the things I'm talking about today can translate into other industries. So I hope you'll bear with me a bit when I talk about something which I happen to know a bit about, which is home decor and home furnishing products. Today, I want to talk about something which I consider to be very interesting, and it's cane or cane furniture. You know, um, cane is kind of one of the buzzwords, sort of a trend word. And anybody that's working with the trendy product, you know that, you know, these products, they come in, they go out, they cycle around. You know, what was popular like 20 years ago might be coming back today with a new twist on it. So anyone that's working in sort of like what we consider like the trendy products, which is usually like you know, maybe something with electronics, something with um, clothing, shoes, uh, home decor, jewelry, that there's all the time there's these changes and these new hot item coming in or hot material. Cane is one of those materials now. But I sort of love the story about cane. Because I have in my house in China, I have this old Shanghai rocking chair that has a cane back and a cane seat or woven back and a woven seat. It's not cane, but it's kind of a woven back and a woven seat. And um, I I love this because it kind of reminds me of that, um, of, you know, many of the famous Chinese antiques. I'm a great fan of like, you know, Chinese antiques of the old furniture, you know, that especially like there used to be these old opium beds that had like a mat on them, you know, here in Vietnam and in other other places. And that caning and cane furniture in Asia has really a long and a rich history. It's intertwined with the politics of the day. Rattan is the primary source of cane, and it's a product of the Asian tropical forest. And you kind of wonder, well, you know, Europe has a lot of cane furniture. We've all certainly seen antiques in America and Europe that have sort of like this, this woven caning on it. So you sort of wonder, you know, how did this caning or this cane furniture come from Asia to America in the 1800s and or even earlier? And they came because of the traders and in particular the Dutch and the Portuguese trading ships in the 16th and 17th century, carried split rattan to Europe and started the popular trend of caning on chairs. That's why today you'll find many, you know, antique European or even some American chairs that have this caning on them, this hand-woven caning on the chairs itself. I really sort of love this because it shows like how even in the 16th and 17th century, the world was kind of a bit interchanged with all this sort of global trading going on. That some, you know, Portuguese or some um, Dutch trader saw, oh, you know, this is kind of nice. Somebody's got, you know, is doing some woven mats here. Maybe we can send that material to Asia or not from Asia to Europe. And maybe we can start doing something there in Europe with it. Despite the fact that global trade has changed a lot in the world, you know, now, of course, we've got these, you know, faster ships, we've got containers, you've got all this, you know, automatic stuff that's organized and not like it was in the 16th and century, 17th century, but in a way, basis was still kind of the same. Somebody saw a product overseas 
that they thought would be maybe a useful product in another part of the world. So they traded something, probably at this point, they traded goods or or maybe food or some other things that they brought over with them to be able to carry that other product back to another part of the world. That's why today, even though caning and the rattan didn't come from Europe, you actually see it on the antiques. You know, most people, you know, throughout Southeast Asia, they actually sat on the mats and on the floors. Another example of this would be the Japanese, who have always traditionally sat on a mat or sat on the floor. And they, the Japanese were actually colonized of Taiwan. And so when they were in Taiwan, they started seeing all this rattan and this, all these other things. They started weaving chairs, bringing it back to Japan. And then in the, in the 19, early 1900s, the Japanese started you know, sitting on some of these rattan chairs. You know, so it's, it's kind of interesting how, in a way, even from the, from the time those ships started traveling around the world, how interconnected the world has become. That even today, there's still this interconnection. It's a bit of a different interconnection. Yes, we have high-speed internet. We can, um, you know, we have websites. People can go online. They can check out what people have to offer through websites, through high-speed internet. You can, um, you can see what's, what, you know, what a factory manufactures. The truth is that anyone who is in the global supply chain today that we owe a lot to these former traders, these adventurers in the 16th and 17th century who went over to these exotic lands and places and who had to learn to negotiate and to be able to buy product or trade product or find product in another country and then bring it back to their home area or to another part of the world. Yes, there's no doubt that they brought a lot of diseases with them. They brought problems with them. They, um, there was, of course, I'm fully aware of the opium trade and the other things that went on because of all this. But yet at the same time, these guys were really the first people to be in the supply chain. And because of them, we have learned things today that has made our supply chain even more advanced than it was in those years past. Just like us, they had to source. They had to negotiate. They had to buy. They had to find a way to keep their products safe and secure throughout their journey home or they would lose their money. They had to find customers on the other end who wanted to buy their products. And then they had to find a way to go back over and keep doing it again and again and again. I really think that sometimes those of us that are in the supply chain, we don't think about these adventurers or, or these traders. And I call them adventurers because I think to be somebody that would have been on one of these ships, you had to have this real spirit of adventure in you because you were going to these exotic lands. And they would be gone for months or years at a time going around the world, making these trades. And you know, sometimes I'm just in awe of them and the whole organization of it and how they were able to make sure the products didn't get ruined on the way home to make, you know, to who thought of, who was the first person that thought of getting the cane, the cane strips and having the cane be woven? You know, did they just bring back a few of them? And then somebody said, this is wonderful. And they said, Oh, we need to, when we go back to Asia again, we're going to pick up some more of this. We're going to bring it back. 
And how did they make sure that it get ruined on the way home? They didn't have containers then. They didn't have the container ships. They didn't have the bill of ladings. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have all this negotiation going on. They simply just had themselves. They had to get off the ship, negotiate with somebody. We don't even speak the language hardly and find a way to be able to buy the products that they needed to. Anyone in the supply chain really owes a lot to them today because these former traders or adventurers are the ones that really set the path for us to be able to do what we do today, to be able to work in global trade. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and a little bit of this thought that has kind of made you think about a few things that maybe you haven't thought about before. Thank you so much for listening. And we love to talk a bit about history because we feel like so much of history is about our life today and we can learn so much about ourselves today by looking back on things that happened in the past. And certainly these global traders that traded in the cane or the caning of furniture is one of those products and I'm in awe and I just wonder how they were able to make those trades and to get that caning to be able to go onto furniture in Europe and the United States. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that you will subscribe to our channel and tell your friends and others about it. If you have any other questions or like to be part of our community, we'd love to talk to you. If you have needs for home decor furnishings in Vietnam or Asia, we'd also love to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate your time.